Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot CEO. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. Daniel, just admit that you were right. Scory Perry's back. Back, back again. I was excited. <laughs> we all talked about it. Remember when everyone said he's just a good now. The, score, the, the scoring days are over. He's a poor, poor, poor man's Brad Marchand. No, it's the opposite. Apparently not. Yeah. God damn. I can't believe he did that. No. Two goals. Good Memories for him. of that heart and Rocket Richard trophies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> damn, I can't believe he won that too. Um, we'll get to the Stanley Cup final. We're going to save it for the end because we save the best for last. Hmm. Let's start with. Uh, we have to wish someone a happy birthday. Um, Elliot Friedman, it's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Elliot. He is the first friend of the show. Well, mm-hmm. it's complicated. <laughs> it, that's the thing, right? It's complicated. Like he rem- somehow, I, I was so I was so surprised. He remembered me the second time we went to see Thirty One Thoughts live, and he and he liked Adam's shoes. Of course, we did say at the front, like, that's just, yeah. we had to. Um, <clears throat> but, see, like, it's a one-way street that, like, we we're, we think we're friends with him. I don't think he he's friends with us because he doesn't really know who we are. Well, not yet. But we're putting know, an asterisk yeah. on that. We had that discussion. We, we talked yeah. about it before. Not yet. We're, we're looking into the future right now, yeah. but about this, so. You know, he, he'll be on the show. Yeah, he will. We'll, we'll, we're going to make a note we're of this. Towards. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll replay this exact episode. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll come, you know, we'll do if we ever get him on the show, we're going to compile all the times that we've talked about 31 Thoughts Live and then play it for him when he's here. And maybe Could he'll watch. friend of the show. Yeah. <laughs> <nice>. I <laughs> think he'd like, appreciate it. I think he would. For a man that appreciates red vans that Adam was wearing that day. You'll appreciate the call-outs. That's true. That's true. Um, before we deep dive into some other things that have been going on around the league, let's just give an update on the uh, Panthers and uh, Pittsburgh trade. Last mm-hmm. time we talked, uh, we talked. There was. I'm gonna pull it up right now. It was just the Mike Matheson for Patrick Hornquist. We thought it was a one for one. I mean, the trade now, it doesn't make it any better, if I'm being honest. It's the, it's the same thing. Uh, you just added a player. So the, there, there were issues around insurance uh, on Patrick Hornquist's contract in terms of what injuries, I believe, were insured and, and stuff like that, plus the no-trade clause. It didn't seem like the no-trade clause was an issue. I'm not sure if you saw the picture of – I think it was a little bit of an overreaction and how it was shared. I mm-hmm. don't really think he threw his Penguins gear outside 
yeah. on on purpose of saying screw this team. But at the end of the day, if if the team doesn't really want you, maybe like why do you want to be on that team? Right. So I yeah. think from his perspective, it was clear that he didn't want to be on the team. Um, now the updated trade is the Florida Panthers acquire uh, Patrick Hornquist. And the Pittsburgh Penguins acquire still six Mike years. Matheson. For six years. Six years of Mike Matheson and one year of Colton Seaver. There, uh, I was waiting for you to say that because I'm like, how do I say his last name? I think that I think that's how you say his name. Uh, he's on the last year of a uh, three-year deal at $1.2 million. I Listen, I don't see the benefit of this trade from Pittsburgh's perspective. Um, still, like nothing's changed. Like, if you want to hear my thoughts, go listen to last episode. I thought I was quite clear, and like this, it, it seems like from Florida's perspective, it is it's more of a money move because I do believe mm-hmm. they save significant money over the next few years. Um, uh, and, and then you're missing the three year that th- extra three years that you have to pay Mike Matheson. But from Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh's perspective, you're replacing Justin Schultz with Mike Matheson. Not a good move, I think. Come on. And then you have to question the Chris Tanev stuff. Are you still going to go after Chris Tanev? Are you moving out another defenseman? Like, what? what's the situation? What's Jim Rutherford thinking? That's what I want to know. Um, I don't know. You know, I don't think anyone knows, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I feel, yeah. Another piece of like that uh, cup winning, those cup winning teams is gone. And what I like, what I've talked about before is he he did get squeezed out of the Penguins lineup. Like I admit that he was not playing on those top lines anymore. He wasn't going to be that like focal point in front of the net anymore that they kind of got him for when they traded James Neal. But I, I don't know, like to get this type of return for him is it's still something that I, I really don't understand. Like you keep adding all these defensemen and it's the same thing that we've talked about before. Like it's almost $8 million on that bottom pairing now. Yeah. That's not, that's not acceptable in my, in my eyes. I yeah. don't think it's acceptable. I hope the penguins can find something out of Mike Matheson, literally anything. That left side's so crowded now. You have Johnson, you have Dumoulin, you have uh, Pedersen, I believe, is left-handed, and now you have Mike Matheson. Mm-hmm. Plus, I think the uh, Pierre Olivier Joseph, who they got in the um, Phil Kessel deal, is left-handed mm-hmm. as well. And I think Yusuf Kola, he's also an RFA. Yeah, like do you have all these guys? What what are you going to do with them? I think is the question moving forward. I think we've, unless you have anything else to say about this trade. To be honest, I thought Pains, the Penguins were already pretty solid yeah. on defense. Even if Justin Schultz walked, they could find a replacement, but to just add that type of cap and like years on Mike Matheson, also for like a piece like Hornquist, where I still think that even though he's not scoring the same way, he's still a significant part of the team. Like I think he's a character guy that, I think it's going to benefit benefit Florida to kind of balance out things, you know, add a bit more of maturity and seriousness there. But it just from the right. Penguin side, I 
I think we we joked about how they're just reworking the trade because the Bengals are trying to sell another first round pick. But getting like Colton Seaver, um, you know, maybe they envision him as like a bottom pair, a bottom six guy that could contribute beyond what we've seen before. But I don't, I, I didn't really see that more of like a sweetener kind of thing. No, it, yeah, I, I think we've spent more than enough time. Yeah, uh, on. On this trade, uh, a few day, a couple days ago now, the buyout first buyout period uh, opened. So far, we have one buyout, but we have some interesting names that could be bought out. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's start with the one bu- one buyout that's happened. I don't know what to think of it. I don't know what to think of it. Um, Bobby Ryan uh, has been put on waivers for the purpose of a buyout, um, and I get and he passed through waivers, obviously. Um, he had two years left on his deal. So mm-hmm. now the buyouts, it's double that. So it's four years. Uh, 3.583 for the first two. And the last two years of the bio is 1.83. Okay. What do you, what, what do you think? What do you think of the, the bio? Like, and just to give it some context. Yeah. They're save The senators are saving money. We know Eugene's a little, a little bit on the cheap side, and and he's brought up before that, uh, you know, we're really not looking to spend above the cap, like that much above the cap floor over the next few years, in hopes that you know three, four, five years down the line, we're going to be spending close to the the cap ceiling. What what do you take from this bio? Um. I don't know when he expects that, like you know, that window is going to start to open in what four or five years. You know, Bobby Ryan's already off your books. Um, when he says like we're not planning to spend a, bo- a little over the cap floor, but you still got to reach the cap floor. Yeah, uh, like for, I for context, they're twenty, just under twenty-two million dollars away from the cap floor. So it's just something that I, I kind of not understand. I didn't understand. I know Bobby is pretty overpaid for what he's been able to produce the last few years, you know, given the circumstances. But, you know, he's a high character guy. Like, same thing, too. Like, he's someone that has shown to have a positive influence on players like Brady, Brady Kachuk and like Josh Norris, these guys that watched him, like, who grew up watching Bobby Ryan play for the U.S. teams, the guy yeah. that has excelled out of like the U.S. system. And, Two years is not too bad for a cap hit like this. That I kind of felt that you know this was for winning the Masterton this year. It was kind of someone that you could have that positive influence on your lineup. Someone that is not going to be a focal point on offense, but someone's going to help those guys that you're going to build that win- like you're going to build that contender around. Um, like I know they're probably gonna, like they're already bleeding out so many veterans like we talked about yeah. Mark Borowiecki and now like who's your main guy like Artem Anisinov yeah that's that's the thing that <clears throat> for me that stood that was the thing that stood out the most and who's listen I, I think the Bobby Ryan story is a great is a great story and I'm not not I'm not trying to crap on on the story. He made seven point two five million dollars against the cap. Like that's a big cap hit. And I get you have to reach the floor, but the big thing for me is who who is going to lead this 
team. Like, yes, you have Thomas Shabbat and DJ Smith came out and said, we're not naming a captain this year. And to me, I think that that was the right, would be the right decision considering the situation. You're letting Mark Boriecki walk, right? You're letting Craig Anderson walk. And now you bought out Bobby Ryan. Who do you have left? Artem Anisimov, Ron Hainsey, and that's it. Like, those are your strong, strong leaders. Like, I, I don't know how strong of a leader Artem Anisimov is, but Ron Hainsey, I think, I, I, I'd make the argument that he is a strong leader, and he's a UFA, so we don't even know if, if the team is bringing him back. Mm-hmm. And like what I kind of feel that it might be the same situation as the Canucks where they kind of felt that they had so much youth coming in that they start signing these other guys that maybe the cap is going to be a bit lower, but it's going to be things where if it's on the open market, they're going to expect term. And I'm just thinking Jay Beagle. I'm thinking like Alex Chason. Yeah. That not Alex, um, Anton Roussel, sorry. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. These two guys that. Alex Chason too. Yeah. That, you know, they kind of. <laughs> took on they like they went to the open market they took they took that length of a contract and then it's just gonna start kind of bother them later on like i think with bobby ryan it was a more of a controllable asset given the cap hit but you know that's something that you could still use to your advantage for the next two years like ottawa is not competing for the next three years no 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 not not that's true yeah so there's a couple guys that they have to sign it's not going to take too much of their cap hit. It's not going to fill up that 21 million that they need to. Logan to Brown's get not going to bake. He's not going to break the bank this, this time. Is Logan Brown, Brown an RFA? Yeah. Oh, well, there's Connor Brown, uh, Chris Tierney. And that's about it. And Anthony Duclair. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I don't want to forget about Anthony Duclair. And I think those guys, those are guys, the, they, they are going to hopefully resign. That's not going to bring them to the cap floor, but you know what could bring them to the cap cap floor? And if, and if this is what Pierre Dorian's looking at doing, I, I, I really think it's the best situation for them. Stockpiling your draft picks. Let's, let's bring those, let's bring those things in. Uh, if I'm Pierre Dorian, I have, uh, I have Jim Benning on the phone day and night. Try like saying, okay, like you, you're going to have to get rid of someone. You're gonna to have to get rid of someone. Roussel, Beagle, Brandon Sutter. Like they're those are the guys there. Lots of teams are gonna be in cap trouble, not because they're gonna be close to the ceiling, but because they're gonna have internal caps, internal caps. Listen, Detroit already made a trade and we'll get to it in a bit. That's kind of what's going on there. Uh Detroit's stockpiling picks and and whatever else, Ottawa's going to do the same, right? So I think from if that's the move he's making, and like I'd expect, I'd expect Pierre Dorian to make moves like the Ryan Callahan deal he made last year, just actually get something useful out of it. That's the only thing I can see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they might be that situation where they show that cap to certain teams and. You know they they get those sweeteners in there. Um, I don't know, like maybe I'm just being a bit uh, enthusiastic with this or or optimistic about it, but the likelihood of Louis Erickson going to the Ottawa Senators. 
I mean, it, depending on how his contract is structured, I, I, I could see it being a possibility. I feel like there's going to be guys who, who have a higher cap hit than actual cash, and that's exactly what Ottawa is looking for. Right, so mm-hmm. we'll we'll see we'll see what moves they make. Why can't I find Vancouver? There we go. I found Vancouver. Louis Erickson, six million for the next two years. He has salary of four million uh, this year and next year, but he has signing bonuses one million this year, which has already been paid. No, sorry, I read this all wrong. He has a he had a three million dollar signing bonus this year, already been paid by Vancouver with a base salary of one million. Next year though, one million dollar signing bonus and a three million dollar base salary. So that might be a deal that Ottawa could look at doing because they get cap hit, a big cap hit, and they have to pay less cash. Mm-hmm. Which Makes sense. Yeah, makes sense I don't know. for the team. Unless, like, I don't know, Vancouver does something. I don't know. Like, I think we talked about Jake Vertanen yeah. getting traded, but I don't know if that's a piece that the Sens look at bringing in to be part of that foundation, but you never know. But, well, yeah, we'll I kind of agree with you. I think this is going to be an interesting Sens team. Uh, you know how Mike says the Sens, Sens army of this, like, no. really blossoming core that they have going on. But now it's going to be kind of a lot of stopgap contracts, I think. A lot of guys are going to take on that are not going to be part of the future, but they're just going to be playing out their contract. Yeah, for sure. Um, and let's move on. There's a couple other guys who ha- – there, there haven't been any more buyouts, but there's been some talk about what they're what teams are going to do with these two players uh, specifically, one of them being Henrik Lundqvist. Uh, Dre- Darren Dreger reported – uh, on that's hockey yesterday or two days ago now, sorry, said the New York Rangers haven't made a decision yet on buying out Henrik Lundqvist and it won't come this weekend. Hmm. That's an odd one for me. Like you've had to an entire year or yeah, pretty much an entire year to figure this out. Obviously with Shosturkin coming to North America and playing pretty damn good. And Georgiev playing, being a That's solid, yeah. solid backup. You had all this time, and now it's like, what are you? What are you guys doing? It's, it's. I think with the Rangers now, I think that it's probably gonna go to the buyout situation. I think we looked at it before, where we did hypothetically buy out Henrik Lundqvist on cap friendly, and it wasn't a significant hit for the Rangers. I think it's just all about legacy right now, about what they're gonna kinda do with him. But they have they can't bring in three goalies anymore, let alone someone like Lundquist who has that cap hit. And as we're talking about before, going back to another trade later on in the show, you know, this is a Rangers team that's shedding salary that's kinda moving towards the future of getting rid of these you know, the old guard now. Um I think Lundquist, in my opinion, I don't think he's gonna retire I think he still wants to win. I think maybe he takes that one-year deal and he becomes like a 1B type of guy on a team that, you know, they could sign him for pretty cheap. Yeah, probably. I don't know what – I don't know what the – how big of a market there is for 
Henrik Lundqvist. Like I think because the goalie market this year is so deep, I think okay. he'll get. I think crazy get, take. Yeah, I have here. If it's if the Penguins get rid of Matt Murray, Henrik Lundqvist goes to the Penguins on the cheap. T- to back up Tristan Jari, Ooh. I like that. <laughs> okay, okay, we're gonna we'll remember this one when that yeah. happens. When that happens, I think the the Rangers have, and you all know, will just we'll get to this now. I had this slated for later, but since we're talking about the Rangers, the Rangers have are trying to get rid of salary, right? They do have some guys that they have to resign: uh, Ryan Strom, Brendan Lemieux. The big one being Anthony D'Angelo. They already traded, I believe it was like $5 million is what Mark Stahl. 5.7. Uh, was, yeah. 5.7. Mark Stahl was making. They traded him to the, I have to find the tweet. This the is Red Wings. No, I know, but there oh, was really. a 2020, 2021 pick. There we go. I got it. Uh, second. So the Red Wings have acquired defenseman Mark Stahl and a second round pick in the 2021 NHL draft from the Rangers in exchange for future considerations. And Daniel, you mentioned that future considerations is a great prospect. Um, yeah. Solid guy. Out, right? uh, you know, he might not, he might not make the team right away, but I believe he has a bright future. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he's a good team guy, you know, a good personality comes from a great family. So excited to see his development with the New York system. Oh, I think we're going to see a lot more. I think we're going to see many deals like this one because there's so many teams who are going to have issues. Like I, like I was talking about earlier, was this enough? Was that trade enough to stop them from buying out Henrik Lundqvist? Because Um, it it only the, mm -hmm. just the Henrik Lundqvist buyout only saves them 3 million in cap this year. I think it doesn't stop them from buying him out. I think they're going to do what they can to get as much as money as they can because simply like this roster is not good enough to kind of to kind of you know get to that next level yet. Like I know that they've always still been in the market for another center. I don't know how they're going to view Ryan Strom in terms of his expected cap hit and the type of years they want to commit to him. Yeah. You know, may, yeah, he has chemistry with Panarin, but you know, you can't bring someone like Ryan Strom to be that top six guy. You know, so many teams have tried that: the Oilers, the Islanders. No. That it's just not there. I think he's a solid guy that could be in the top nine. He could probably fit that gap in the top six when needed, but not in the long term. I think if, again, if they want to make that next step, they need to keep pushing out these these older contracts. Yeah, I, I guess, but like Lundqvist's deal is only one more year, right? Like mm. it's 2020, 2020, 2021. Now, then the issue is you still have three goalies. Yeah. Like we're going to play him, <laughs> right? Like, I think that's what, that's what uh, it comes down to is you're going to have a third goalie on your main roster. I don't know. Like, that's just something that's not done. Are they going to go out of their way to do that? It's just, yeah. If he, I, if, if he doesn't want to be traded, I really think like this is the only way. Buying him out is the only way to go. Because again, like he could go somewhere and still give significant 
starts to that team. It's just not going to be with New York. So you think he's a 1B? I think he could be a At this point, he can be a 1B on many teams because he did he wasn't he didn't have a disastrous year or anything it's just no he just didn't get the amount the same amount of volume that he is used to yeah he played 30 games this year let's i I don't remember the last time he played 30 games i don't think ever in the nhl again i uh, yeah i brought this example before and it, yeah, it's like same thing with Ryan Miller. Like he has translated well to being a backup goalie. That yeah, and he's forty now. And I think if Henrik Lundqvist wants that, he can do that as well. It's just yeah, he's not gonna play over 30, 35 games anymore. But he could still be a reliable veteran that teams could rely on. That you know, I'm I'm thinking of like I said Pittsburgh. I think it just. Because given their cap, like he's gonna have a lower cap hit after being bought out. But I'm also thinking, you know, we said before Vancouver. If they don't bring back Jakob Markstrom, like who would be a per- like a perfect mentor to a developing Thatcher Demko, like then Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah, yeah, that's. The, I mean, that'd be really smart on the uh, on the Canucks part, depending on what goes down. Or even the Capitals. Sorry, I'm seeing yeah, the young goalies. Too. Yeah, because I don't th- I I don't know how much trust I have. In Phoenix Copley, I, yeah, uh, I being their backup, awesome name by the way. But you great, know, great I, I don't, I don't see him as a full time backup yet. Great name. Uh, the other guy that I I wrote down and we heard a little bit about this week is uh, Alex Wenberg. Uh, this is according to Aaron Portsline of the Blue Jackets, um, in Columbus, obviously. Uh, the Blue Jackets are considering buying out Alex Wenberg. He has three years remaining at 4.9. A buyout would cost 440000 around there for the next three seasons and then eight ninety one for another three. Uh, I mean, not bad. that's a lot of money you're saving there. I'm actually pretty disappointed. I thought when this guy broke into the NHL, he was going to be... Going to be like a cornerstone piece for the Blue Jackets. Is he was he drafted in the draft? I think he was drafted in. I just remember he was 14th overall. And this Let might me find Columbus. Be... I have a feeling it's the 2012 draft. 2013. Close. Because I'm thinking 2012 was. Uh, was the Neil Yakupov year, <laughs> yeah. and that the top five was just an absolute mess. But yeah, I guess like looking who was drafted around him, mm-hmm. uh, the next pick was Ryan Pulak. Pretty good pick. <laughs> Pretty good pick, and then Anthony Mantha was twentieth overall. Frederick Gautier, of course, got bring him up twenty first overall. Shea Theodore, that guy. So, like, I guess there was other picks that the team could have made. It's unfortunate, obviously, yeah. that he didn't work out. Like, that would have been you, – you really do hope you you do well, especially with your first-round pick. Yeah, because, like, this guy, I think, you know, maybe he – like, he had 59 points in 80 games in 2017. Yeah. Like, okay, great. But then he had 35 and 25. And then no, this is the year that I think this was the make or break him year he had 20 and like a offensive like you know they're deprived of so much offense this year and 
for Columbus, and he had 22 points in 57 games. And, Not good enough. You no, know, there was glimpses. He had five points in 10 games in the playoffs, but yeah, I think this was the year like, you know, he is being overpaid for what he's produced on Columbus. Yeah, and it definitely opened, you know, getting rid of Wenberg opens up a lot of space. I think at that point it opened up 7.5. No, not 7.5. What what am I thinking here? An extra four, four and a half, something around there. So that puts them around $10 million in cap space. Mm -hmm. And they have to re-sign Pierre-Luc Dubois. Right, so, so smart move if they buy him out. Yeah, this year it saved them four and four point four five in in cap space. Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, yeah, I think it just again one of these picks from from like I know like I'm like looking back on like on these earlier Columbus drafts where it's kind of time to kind of just cut loose on them. I, I remember with Marco Dano, they had that same feeling when Kirby Reichel was traded to the Leafs, same thing. Um, it just kind of was like odd picks that Columbus tends to always kind of have where these guys that, you know, they look like they're going to be on the cusp and then something just happens. Yeah. I, I guess we'll see. Like, I don't think Bobby Ryan is the only one that's going to be, that that's going to be bought out this, I have this, a feeling. this period. With things being so quiet on that front, that we're gonna end up waking up to like eight of them, or something yeah. one morning on Twitter. That'd be entertaining, mm-hmm. I guess. That's uh, that's the best way to put it. Uh, so let's move on from the buyout stuff. There's some juicy trade stuff. That's juicy trade trade information that's been going around the last few days. Uh, last night on headlines. Friedman uh, brought up that uh, we're seeing a lot of Patrick Line rumors because the Winnipeg Jets feel that maybe the best way to solve the issue uh, is if trading him can get them a second line center and a right handed defenseman and solve their other roster problems. Now, Dreger confirmed. Before before you go, Dreger confirmed that mm-hmm. this is it's absolutely serious. And that him being on the trade bait on TSN's trade bait list is interest eye candy or speculative. Uh, and he added that there there hasn't been a lot of action. Teams weren't didn't really know if they they were serious, and some teams are worried about you know he's going to be up at the end of next year, so mm-hmm. they they got to work on an extension. Uh, with Patrick Laine, and I feel like teams are they they're worried about that. How how do you extend Patrick Laine? Yeah, it's kind of like a confusing thing because, as so many people have said, like what is Patrick Laine? I think we've already had a few years to kind of see what he can produce for a team. Like he can be he is an elite offensive forward, but at the same time. It's it's the same thing as a bogged down before. It's just his defensive game, or when he goes on those cold streaks. Like, are you gonna commit big money to a guy that you know maybe for like a month and a half again? He just has that drought. Yeah, I I, I think you put it you hit hit it right to the point. What is Patrick Line? Because his first couple of years, goal scorer, 
and he didn't it, it felt like we were having the same conversation about Matthews. He's a goal scorer, but he lacks they lack that that other part of the game. And funny enough, both guys took that like a really big step. And Patrick Line, like I think we saw a more complete player this year um in terms of their defensive end of the game. I don't know how much like I don't know if it was enough for the team. In my opinion, I do I don't know how you trade Patrick Line. Like when he entered the league and would put up how many how many goals did he get in his first season? I think he got forty, if not more. We're talking about him being the next Ovechkin. Yeah. I, I don't that. think you trade the next Ovechkin. That's just a not a smart move. I think there's other ways you can you can maneuver. Even if you can, then the the issue is is if you can't get him signed. And yes, he's going to be an RFA, but RFA rights aren't as valuable as someone who's under contract. Mm-hmm. It's just that's just the reality. So what do you do with? What do you do with Patrick Line if you're Kevin Day off? I think I keep him. I, I, I think that they're going to be, you know, we've talked about it before where we've already seen what Patrick Line has been able to do. But at the same time, like this guy is only, what, 22 right now yeah. that, you know, he's already kind of shown this team what he can be. Um, in his, I'm looking looking at it now. His first season, he had 36 goals, but the next year he had 40, 44, and then after that, 30, and then he had 28 in 68 this year, but he had 63 points. Right. Um, I think based on what they can kind of see with him, I think this is a guy that you extend. Um, I I just have this feeling. I know the Jets have people like Kyle Connor, they have Mark Shifley, but I really think this undercuts a lot of their, a lot a lot of their offensive death because I think of like Nikolai Ehlers like can he be that guy that kind of comes back in and you know fills that gap I I don't I don't don't see it I don't think so either um I know they're desperate for a center but I I don't think that you you cut into that core that you've taken so many years to kind of build right now with the picks you've had to kind of just put that there because in my opinion I think that they should look more into their defensive woes than they would at that center depth. I I agree, but the issue is is we don't know what the future of Brian Little is, mm-hmm. right? So Brian Little, who has let let me pull this up, he has five point just almost five point three against the cap, and he's going to be on IR then who's your second line center? Uh, you play Blake Wheeler at center. You have Adam Lowry. Uh, Andrew Cobb. Andrew Cobb. Oh. You know, he's first line center in the playoffs. Yeah, like you're in a in a, in an odd situation. Like, yeah, you got guys like Jack Roslovic and Mason Appleton, but are those guys, your, are they second side, second line centers yet? I remember Jack Brozovich no. was supposed to. I remember he that this was supposed to be the year he takes that extra step. Um, yeah, I I, I, I I thought it would, but I don't know. Um, 
honestly, I don't know. I'm thinking of the Ryan Strom situation. Like, can Jack Rosovich hypothetically just fill that kind of role for now? And I, I personally think he has more upside than Ryan Strom. And you kind of just see where that goes for now. Yeah. See, so here's the thing. If I look more at trading Ehlers than I do at trading Line A. Trade Ehlers. Of course. I, unless you really don't think you can get an extension done. Unless you are confident that's not going to happen. But I, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. And Friedman brought up last night on headlines that, you know, Line A wants to play with Shifley. So play him with Shifley. Why is this? I don't know why this is such a, an issue. Like, get him someone that can, God damn, like, get him the puck. It's been the issue. Sorry, Brian Little doesn't cut it. No. Like, you need someone to get this man the puck. Mark Shifley can do that. Yeah. So stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, got to stay healthy. But, yeah. But I don't know why this is such a talk. This is so talked about. Like, it just seems like, it just seems really ridiculous that it's like, oh, he wants to play with Shifley and it's that big of an issue. Sorry, who would you rather have, Blake Wheeler or Patrick Laine? Patrick Laine. Patrick Laine. Not even, not even a question. I think that was a like, like I know Blake Wheeler. He's been playing. He played very well. He kind of rejuvenated his. Career. Not eight point two five million. Yeah, well, when that... he went to the Jets, but it's just, yeah, that the captain thing. Um, it's kind of got that. Like, yeah, I, I know he put the Jets back on the map. He was there when they were bad. He was. In the beginning, he is there now when they're succeeding. But yeah, to really kind of commit that type of money, like if you're thinking of how much you were gonna pay Patrick Liner, like why did you pay Blake Wheeler that money? Yeah, that deal put that deal has put them in a pickle, as they say. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, like I, I don't think it's it's the right move to move Patrick Line. I, I like there has to be some extreme circumstances for me to even think about it. This smells like a Panarin trade. I really oh god! Like he's gonna get traded and he's gonna put up like ninety five points the next season. <sighs> well, there are some teams interested, and I'll bring this up before we move on. Uh, LeBron on Insider Trading said that Columbus have had some interest <laughs> in Patrick Laine. Uh, Panarin two point yeah. Uh, the Hurricanes have had a conversation with the Jets. It didn't get that far. Uh, the Canes just may not feel there's that much of a fit. And he also added that can, that the Canadians are not going to pursue uh, Patrick Laine. I don't. That'd be. It'd be interesting to see the the package that Montreal have to give up. It's the same with all three of those teams, to be honest. I don't know what if you're Columbus, what are you offering up to to Winnipeg? Uh Liam Foodie. Alex Texier. Like one of one of the one or the other. Yeah, so I mean it probably starts there. They want a right handed D, so uh David Savard. I don't know. Like, I just feel like I'm I'm gonna have to throw some random names in there. Like, okay, a first round pick. 
David, David Savard. David Savard. Alex Texier, and then a prospect. I don't know. I just Another feel like prospect, we're, and then a conditional pick. I don't know. So I feel like we're just that's still not names. enough. I think. Yeah. I feel like we're just throwing lots of names in there just to just to see if it work. It's one um, for one for Seth Jones. No, I'm kidding. Imagine again. Yeah. <laughs> imagine again. It's one be a lot for better one. than Ryan Johansson. That you know what? That's true. Yeah. Uh, that is that's very very true. Uh, let's stick with some. Well, it's kind of Winnipeg news. Not really. Not doesn't play for this team anymore. Uh, Friedman brought up yesterday about Dustin Bufflin playing again. Uh, according to his agent, it's highly unlikely that we see Dustin Bufflin touch and the NHL ice again. Guess what team called? I'm not saying I'm a genius. I'm just saying I was right. Toronto Maple Leafs. The Minnesota Wild. Minnesota Wild. Really? The Minnesota Wild called about Dustin Bufflin because he felt like they felt like maybe, you know, hometown team mm-hmm. will get him done. And they. Oh, uh, they're getting the all the Minnesota boys back. Okay. Ryan Suter, Zach Parise, Nick Bushstead. Come on, we're already on it. Um, what do you think? Like, what would you say if if it's official? Dustin Bufflin retires. What would you have to say about Dustin Bufflin? Just game breaker type of guy that he was able to literally play anywhere he needed to from defense to forward. Yeah. That no matter where he went, like he excelled. Um, the one thing that I just kind of think of, and I know it was because of the, the cap, but the what ifs of what if he stayed with Chicago long term after winning the cup in 2010? Like that would have been amazing to see like him play. Like a supporting, like, no, not Maria supporting cast. He'd probably be on that first line, or maybe they're switching to defense, you know? We don't know. But the fact that he went from there to Atlanta and then to Winnipeg, like, he just really became that all around guy that you could put anywhere. And he succeeded so well, like, you know, fan favorite with the Jets. It's just kind of unfortunate how that ended. And to me, to be honest, like, there was a lot of hope. I remember mentioning it in a lot earlier where this is the kind of guy where the Boston Bruins would call him and say, you're a perfect fit for us. But at the same time, if the Leafs got him, it'd be a perfect guy to counter Boston. Yeah. So what I kind of have saved for Dustin Bufflin is that it was always so fun watching him, you know, with the hits, the able, the ability to contribute offensively, defensively, you know, whatever he was like, what have you said before? He was like a Swiss army knife. Who said that? I don't know. Sources, I don't know. <laughs> no, that's that's uh, you, you put it really well. I, I think, unfortunately, I think the way things ended uh, this year, him not showing up and there being all this confusion, I think it probably soured some fans a bit. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like that guy, when you thought about Winnipeg, yeah, you Shifley, Line A, Connor, all those guys, but Dustin Bufflin. That was that was the guy you thought of with the Big Winnipeg buff. Jets, or for me at least. Uh, I don't know about I, anyone else. Personally, I rank him over Blake Wheeler in terms of a guy that helped rejuvenate yeah. that franchise. I'd say it's Bufflin, Wheeler, and then Andrew Ladd third. Yeah, uh, uh, Andrew Ladd. Yeah, he was their captain. Remember? No, unfortunately. No. Um, so he was one of those cap dumps as well to uh. Atlanta, 
Oh, after the course. Blackhawks won the cup. And then, yeah, he went on to be their captain. And then he got traded back to Chicago. Then, Did he? Yeah, then he got – then they couldn't re-sign him. God, and then what up happened – yeah, they couldn't re-sign him. And then he got that huge contract by the Islanders in the offseason. <laughs> of course. Of course. Um, let's move on. I brought this team up earlier, the Minnesota Wild. Uh Dreger says that at the moment, the Minnesota Wild getting a first or second center for Matt Dumba does not appear to be a reality. Uh, the the Wild are willing to listen to a softer deal like a higher first round pick and a good young roster player won't give him away till asking price is met. What do you think about that? I think that's all pretty solid. Um, the thing is like, He's a type of guy where I, I don't I don't see much with people saying, you know, you should really you should really um lower the price on what they were kinda asking. I think that he's he's been at that consistent level where we've seen his ability to play on that top pairing to, you know, a lot of nights. He played a lot more minutes than, you know, Ryan Suter or uh why is this getting my mind around? Jared Spurgeon, yes. Like he like those two guys, like he has been able to kind of play with them, play more than them on, on the defensive end as well. Like he had a lot more defensive starts. He's the kind of guy, you know, right hand shot. He despite, you know, there's been a bit of a lull with some of his offensive output, he's he's been shown he's shown that he could put up the points as well. He could help a team and you know it's not a big cap hit. It's just I know the situation Minnesota's in. It's just it's a kind of another thing where I kind of feel like it's gonna be a move where it's not gonna drastically change a lot of things for Minnesota, but it's gonna be another move where yeah, okay, you get assets back, but now where are you with this team? Well here here's the thing is you know, we're walking into an expansion draft next year. Someone's going to be gone. And, and mm-hmm. I think it's good. If Matt Dumba is still on the Minnesota wild by that time, and there's no external deal done, Seattle takes Matt Dumba. Unless like, I don't think there's a, there's a question question around it. It's, are you willing to sacrifice Matt Dumba, no, and I think like just to let him walk, no. So that's why I think you you got to trade him, and I think you you can get assets assets for him. It, it's clear that Jonas Bro, you're you're fine with Jonas Brodin and Jared Spurgeon, and unfortunately you have Ryan Suter for have the, have Ryan for Suter. the next five hundred years. Um, and I don't necessarily think like there's lots of teams who are going to be interested in. In Matt Dumba, uh, I I really think that minute that Tampa Bay does call, and I think there's a deal to be worked there, because you know Dumba, uh, the Lightning are interested in Dumba. They have like they have centers. I, I don't know what people consider Tyler Johnson. Uh, be Tyler Johnson like a sweetener? I don't know. Or I just I do think Tyler Johnson can be a second line center if you need him to be. How about Alex Kalorn? So? I don't know if they. The Wilder go for that. I don't know if the Wilder are interested. Like there, it seems like they want a center. Maybe they haven't gotten the center that they're looking for. I guess the first round pick and 
a prospect won't be the worst thing in the world. Like I guess that first round pick can be useful, can turn into a first or second line center. I just, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what the, what the team does. Mm -hmm. Jack Roslovich and a sweetener for Matt Dumba. Patrick Liney from Matt Dumba. Well, it's not one well, for one. No, no, I'm not. I want to put. I don't want to. Don't want to put that. Put that out there. Uh, apparently, Adam just sent me a tweet about the next thing that we're going to talk about. Oh, he's uh, controlling us from. Uh... No, it's a good tweet. It's a good okay. tweet. It's a good tweet. It's a good tweet. I promise. Um, so apparently, Cervelli report Frank Cervelli of TSN. Uh, he was on TSN twelve sixty. Uh, says that Jake DeBrusque will likely be on the next trade bait, bait list. Uh, Bruins have made a final offer to Tory Krug, take it or leave it. Uh, thinks there are team potentially interested in Taylor Hall. If they get him, DeBrusque could be in the mix to move. Whoa. That's a lot. Now, let me uh, add this up. Let me add this tweet to the mix. This is from uh, RA Spin Chicklets. Uh, Look for the Bruins to trade Tory Krug's rights tomorrow to a team looking for exclusive negotiations before UFA opens on October 9th. Colorado, Florida, Vegas, and Detroit are among the suitors. Wow, that's big news. That that is that'll be interesting to see what happens. So if I'm taking the two tweets together, it seems like Tory Krug has rejected the Bruins final offer. I, I think it's a tough move to make mm-hmm. moving off of Tory Krug. Cause I now so, you have, yeah. who do you have on the left side? Chara. Jakob Zaboro. Jakob Zaboro. <laughs> Matt Grid, Like you have Matt Grizzlick who, who, you know, yeah, he's taken, he's taken some steps over the last, uh, last couple of years or so. I'm still convinced the team's going to be in on OEL. And now that Jake DeBrus, if they do sign Taylor Hall or if they're interested in tra- trading Jake DeBrusque. Package of Jake DeBrus. Package Jake to DeBrus the Coyotes. whatever. Yeah. I think I, I'm, I'm not for OEL going to Boston. I just think it's a move that yeah, because we like them too much. Make. That's why. Uh, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to send them to that organization. Okay, um, no, they're great organization. I don't know. I don't like them. I'm not gonna. Yeah, not gonna kiss their yeah. ass. Okay. Um, what like aside from the OEL thing? Like, what do you think Jake DeBrusque fetches you on the op- on on the trade market? I think for the Bruins where they are, they're not going to look for assets. They're going to look for, okay, what's going to help us immediately. So you can trade them straight up for, you know, a defenseman that I think that's in the same range as he is where he's not, he still has a lot of, of room to grow, but he's a guy that's already NHL ready. Right. Is there any defenseman that come to mind? Matt Dumbo. <laughs> Stop it. I don't know. Oh, man, if you went to Boston, crazy, I don't know. That, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about it. That's a scary thought. I have an idea. Holy. 
All I right, don't know if idea. this would happen. I don't know if this would happen. Okay. There is a team who's interested in moving a left-handed defenseman. There's a team the same team's also looking to shake things up on their forward core. Mm. The Calgary Flames trade Noah Hannafin. Jake for Jake I don't know if it's one for one. I'm just saying these are the. This is what it's being built around. Okay, I, I'm not a. What the value of a second round pick is? Whatever. Are they like losing so many guys already? Like they have to keep Noah Hannafin? No, they apparently they they're interested in trading Noah Noah Hannafin. I don't know why. Like he's. They, what has he done to these organizations? Like you want to keep trading him? I don't know. Maybe he went to a museum or something. I don't, remember when he was almost a Leaf. Yeah, I put, yeah, I do remember that because it, it's been the it's been a thing since twenty fifteen. Yeah, when they're when like, Marner why did you when they picked Marner over a defenseman they they needed? Uh, yeah, they got sure, Travis German in the second round. I don't. I guess. I guess uh, there's a, we don't need to get into that conversation. <laughs> but I I do think like maybe there's a deal to be made there. We're just coming up with. Uh, we're just coming up with trade rumors on this yeah, show. All hypotheticals. All hypothetical. You love you love to see it. There's no. I, I'm scrolling through. I just don't see it. Many others. Um, many other teams that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, maybe Shane Gosterspear. Um, if the Bruins think they can get something out of him, maybe. Obviously, I think the Flyers are most definitely going to have to add more than that. Um, is there anyone that comes to you, mind to you, for you? Not really. I'm still like still super surprised that they're gonna try to get rid of Jake DeBrus because I think the way the Bruins are, I know that every year we say they're aging. You know, apparently not. Uh, apparently, they'll still be willing to try to trade certain guys that I felt that are going to be part of your core going forward to just kind of keep the thing going because because really the I don't know who they're gonna bring. I don't. Know, we're gonna, we, what did we talk about before? Anders Bjork. Is he gonna? Bjork, yeah. Is he gonna make that a thing? Um, I mean, Zach like I. Sen- 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 or... Yeah, they have Trent Frederick still. They JFK, still have. Yeah. Jacob um, Forsbacker Carlson. Yeah, he might. He might take that step. This show has been expecting for so long. Um, Hopefully. Who else was that? Um, oh, Sean Corelli. Who? Man, I didn't think he'd become this good of like a utility guy that's true like that i remember when they were playing and sean there was i think there's a couple games where sean corrali wasn't in the lineup that guy like the team the bottom six just felt different the bottom six of the bruins felt different not saying that he runs the team but it's just that's what it that's what it felt like. Um, I think things are going to get swift with the Bruins. If, in fact, Tory Crew's gone tomorrow, yeah, then I could see them making a trade real soon to kind of amend that immediately. For sure. Let, let's talk about the, the four teams that were brought up uh, by RA. Uh, Colorado, Florida, Vegas, and Detroit. Those are some of – like it, those are the four teams that could be – among the suitors, but let's, let's focus on, on these four teams. Now we've talked about Vegas and Detroit. When we talked about Alex Petrangelo, Vegas um, was, it seemed they were either going to go for Petrangelo. They could go for Tory Krug. Yeah. 
we talked about Detroit practically the entire year. Um, you know, he's a Michigan boy. Would he go play back at home? How big of an addition that would be for the team. But there's two teams that we have not even never talked about Tory Krug and these two teams in Colorado and Florida. Mm. I don't think he goes to Florida. You know, <laughs> personally. So here's here's the thing about Florida that I find odd is that can they Flo- afford him? Yeah, like can they afford afford him? Because it seems like they were trying to look for a partner for Aaron Ekblad, and I think Tori Krug would be a, a good partner for Aaron Ekblad. I think. Maybe. Um, actually, I'm pretty sure he's pretty a question sure. mark too, though Aaron Ekblad. I guess so. Yeah, uh, uh, but yeah, I don't know, but. They're trying to get rid of salary and and Friedman on like the on Three One Thoughts the podcast talked about Florida and Petrangelo saying you know they're looking to change their or to change their identity and Petrangelo Petrangelo would do that, but they're going to spend all this money and then you sign Bobrovsky and then literally six months or like less than a year later we're talking about them having to get exactly that amount of salary back. I just, it, all the things don't really add up, add up to me. No, I don't think so either. I don't think he's Florida bound or anything. Um, I, I really, I don't like, we've talked about it before with Colorado's kind of been in the mix for so many things. I think that's more of a realistic thing based yeah. on what I view their trajectory to be and how good they've been with managing the cap. Tori Krug would be great for them. He he would be. Do you, the the thing, thing is, they don't need him. The thing is, it's just like, right. okay, not to this extent, but it's not like Kevin Durant going to the Golden State Warriors, but it's the kind of thing where you look at the avalanche and how good they are. And like They don't even – they have like Sam Girard still developing, and then suddenly you also have Bowen Byram who's going to come in next year. Just Right. Like So here's what they have so far um, in Colorado. Johnson, Girard – Ian Cole, Kale McCarr, Ryan Graves, uh, Kevin Connaughton, and Nikita Zadorov. Those are your. Those are the seven guys who are currently on the Even roster. Without plus, Byron. yeah. Plus, let's not forget they still have Connor Timmins in the minors and Boehm Byram in the juniors. Where does Tor- Tory Krug fit? Because. Your left side is going to end up being Gerard, Tori Krug, and Ian Cole, and Ian or Ryan Graves, Ian Cole. But then you're eventually going to have to fit Bone Byram in there. Yeah. Your right side, you have Johnson, uh, Makar, Ian Cole, or Zadorov. I don't know if Zadorov. Zadorov's a lefty. Yeah. Oh, either like. But he's played on the right. On the bottom pairing, right? So, I I just don't yeah. see where the fit is. Like, I think they have guys coming up, unless like, I don't think Ian Cole's going to be back after next no. season. Eric Johnson has three years left. Like, if you can move that Eric Johnson deal, then maybe you think about Tory Krug because that really solidifies that top top four essentially like Krug yeah. Krug Makar Gerard uh, Byron am I missing 
Krug, McCarr, Gerard, Ryan Bowen Graves, Bone Byram, Connor Timmins. Like, I think that's a pretty damn that's good. pretty stacked. <laughs> pretty damn good defense. Uh, for me, who I think... who takes Eric Johnson, though? Like, who's going to take that deal? I don't know. Like, not at $6 million. In my opinion, I think a team would be interested in maybe on a retained on retained cap. The issue I have with to- bringing with them bringing in Tory Krug is, and I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, they have tons of cap space. That cap space is eventually going to be eaten up by Gabriel Landeskog's extension, Kale McCarr's extension, Nathan McKinnon's extension in two years. Kadri or three years, Kadri's extension in two years, and then bringing like... and then bringing in a proper like getting some goalie like goalies if you're not satisfied with Grubauer and Francouz. That's what I was gonna say too. Like that should be their main priority is the goaltending. I think that what they have on defense already, just keep going with it. That you don't have to kind of. Add Tory Crew, and it's the thing too, where like Colorado just keeps on improving. I don't think there's that immediacy to go like our windows closing. I think it's just open. So, I think if they keep doing that, they're gonna be okay. Because like I personally think that as much as Tory Crew is good, it's just gonna put them in another situation where they kind of feel that if this guy is approaching his thirties, that we've already give this big money and his extension to him, and then we have to resign the younger guys. Yeah, it'll be Take Kyle McCarr first and then just think about the other stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I, I agree with that. Pay Kyle McCarr and get deal with that, maybe. I think that would be that would be the smart thing to do. We already talked about Mark Stahl, so let's move on to the um the next thing we we were gonna get to. Friedman last night on uh headlines. Again, headlines insider trading run our show here um that the devils have made it known that if a team can offer a good young player which means 26 or under with some term or team control they'd be willing to trade one of the 18th or 20th overall picks do you think that's a smart move uh from new jersey's perspective again if depending on how they view themselves that are they ready to kind of say we've solidified a, a bit of what our identity is going to be moving forward? Then I'd say make this deal. But if you kind of feel that we have to do another teardown, then I say keep the pick. Right. Yeah, I, I, I'd have to agree with that as well. I think, you know, you traded – like I feel like they're in such a weird situation because they expected to be good and then – it, it really backfired on them, except Mackenzie Blackwood. That guy was yeah. still pretty damn good. Um, for this Blake Coleman before he was traded. <laughs> Blake Coleman before he was traded. I think in this draft, if I'm being honest, I'd definitely look at keeping these two picks because it seems like it seems like everyone's talking about how good this draft class is going to be even if you get into the late teens you can still pick up a pretty pretty good player at that spot i agree with you like i, I unless unless you're getting a really good player jake that DeBrusque. you think really fits the system jake debrusque yeah uh <laughs> then i don't necessarily think you you touch you, you don't move those picks 
no. uh, if I considering the situation New Jersey is in. Um, let's move on. We got some interesting free agency tidbits to go to go at here. Let's start with the Washington Capitals. This is from Tariq El Bashir of the Athletic. Uh, he has said that Radko Gudis, Ilya Kolachuk, uh will join Braden Holby in hitting the free agent market. Smart. What, yeah, I mean, it didn't seem like Gudis was going to stay. It just didn't seem like it was in the cards. Same with Ilya Kovalchuk. Um, it just felt like we all knew Ilya Kovalchuk is going to go back to Montreal like since yeah. the day he was traded. Now we'll actually see if Mark Bergevin uh, makes that happen. It'd be, it'd be nice to see. I mean, listen, Radko Gudis. It seems like Radko Gudis is going to be a leaf. I don't know why. <laughs> no, I actually yeah, why cause I, my, I like I pulled it up uh, and because I, I was I was doing I was just writing something for one of my classes about Alex Petrangelo not signing with the Leafs, and I pulled up this quote from Friedman talking about how Radko Gudis, like people are already calling him a future leaf. So it'll be interesting to see if Radko Gudis does end up uh, becoming a Leaf. I don't know how I feel Maybe. about that. I'd have to. I'd have to think about it. Depending he's, on the price and etc. Yeah, he's one of those guys that we've yeah. talked about before, where you love him if he's on your team. So yeah. he maybe our, our we will change our hearts will change if oh, yeah. he actually does to come to, come to Toronto. But Probably. again, for the Capitals, I think it's a smart move. They're not kind of getting too attached to these certain guys like Gudis or like Holtby, where they kind of felt that you know let let's 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 run it back. They understood that there's a lot of deficiencies with this team, and they've been able to create the cap room, create the roster space to kind of address that need, like that depth that they they really lacked in the playoffs. Right, right. And um, the other guy that uh, Tariq brought up is Brendan Dillon. And it seems like the Capitals are actively pursuing a contract extension with him. Do you think it's smart for them to keep Brendan Dillon? Again, I don't know. I think if the Capitals feel that where they are now, they, they can keep competing, which I think they should with the way – Ovechkin's age is that it's a good move. It's it might be those things. It might be that signing like Michael Kepney, where it's a kind of guy where he just immediately clicked there and they committed to him. So if they could get that type of type of consistency from Brendan Dillon, and they kind of feel that at this point he's already proven that, then I say yeah, extend him. But you know, I don't think he's a guy that's gonna ask for an exorbitant type of contract. No, I yeah, I I agree with that too. That's another guy everyone was talking about. Uh, the Leafs trying to pursue. There's this this other guy I have to bring up. Unfortunately, Adam's not here to talk about him, and it sucks. Uh, Craig Smith is heading to free agency. Uh, his agent Kevin Magnuson had confirmed with Adam Vignon of the Athletic, of course. Mm-hmm. Um. This is the quote, a three-year deal is our goal. There are eight to ten teams with decent cap space. I think we won't be too far off our number at the end of the day. Yeah, it's okay, I guess. 
yeah, I don't know. I don't know much to say about about Craig Smith. Like, I think, I think he'd be a good middle six guy for yeah. multiple teams that could use could use his service. I think he's a good third line guy. He could play the top six if he needs to in situations. Yeah. yeah, he's just he's not. I don't think he's gonna get the same cap he had with the Preds. But no. he could still get a decent contract where I don't know I'm calling it maybe three point five on the open market or less, yeah. and yeah, he could contribute somewhere. Um, I don't think he goes back to Nashville. I think that they have so much, so many issues to kind of address. Um, especially, man, they they gotta try to cut a cut cap. I think if they're gonna keep they, if they could not, the same thing too. They cannot run back what they had last year because that was a disaster offensively. No, no they can't. I wouldn't be surprised if over the next few days that we hear Kyle Turris being bought out. No, being bought out. Oh, being bought out. Why not? I mean, like, they got to open up something and change some things, change some things around because what they have now doesn't seem to be working. And having Craig Smith, uh, having Kyle Turris at $6 million isn't going to work. Like you're already at this point, you're letting two guys go. Like we talked about before, Grandland, Mikhail Grandland's probably making his way to free agency. And now Craig Smith. Yeah. So yeah, there's some changes going on, but what are you going to replace those guys with is the question. And if you don't have the cap space to do it. Yeah. So I can't believe they traded Sam Gerard in a package for Calteris. In that three-way deal, <sighs> I mean, it doesn't really affect them defensively right now. But no, it you know, doesn't. The what doesn't, ifs? It doesn't. Well, I mean, the, to think about the defense that they could have: Shea Weber, they had Ryan Suter, who else am I missing? PK, gosh, man, Dan Ham Hughes, Dan Ham Hughes when he was good. Seth Jones, <laughs> Seth Jones, good God, oh. I'd hate to. I don't know. It's okay. they they're have, pumping. They're pumping out defensemen just like Anaheim. Yeah, Dante Fabro. Dante Fabro. Yeah. Excited to see how that guy goes. Uh, we actually have some Leafs and Habs news. This hasn't happened in a while. Mm-hmm. Do you want to start uh, with the Habs first? I have to say something. Adam just sent me. Well, yeah, you want to see I your have, first part? We have two separate things from Adam. Two separate messages that he requested. We say this in the episode. Well, how about let's just? There's only one leaf thing. Let's get out of the All way right. quickly, and then we'll read. Um, we'll read Adam's messages as I pull that up right now. Uh, the Leafs have hired former Senators head coach, big mustache, Paul McLean, um, as assistant coach. I believe he's going to be like up in the air. I believe. I guess. With some video stuff, it'll be. Uh, I think it's a good hire. At the end of the day, yeah. that's that's pretty much, pretty much it on that for me, Daniel. And do you have anything to add? I love his mustache. Solid coach for the Sens. Yeah. Way back when, um, good assistant for the Ducks as well. Was he assistant? Re- like I know he had a job. I just don't remember where. Uh, I think he was an assistant, but. It was with another team, I believe. Okay, I'll find out. It was... Always the Blue he Jackets. Wanted... The Blue Jackets. Yeah. I always forgot he won a Jack Adams in 2013. Why do you win a Jack Adams in 2013? 
I think that's when he took over the sets. Oh, oh, finalist. My mistake. He was a finalist. Oh. Twice. Twice. Okay, wow. Yeah. That's not oh, bad. Not bad. Not bad from Paul McLean. Um let's move on to the to what Adam said. Do you want me to go first? Uh yeah, go ahead. This is a special message from Adam. Dear two on one podcast fans. It's Adam. Well, no, I'm Alex. This, I'm just reading the message. Um, I hope you're well and enjoying the playoffs. Um, I'll tell you who isn't enjoying the playoffs. Tyler Sagan. He sucks. Anyway, I'm uh, I'm well from my jaw surgery. I see this see the surgeon again on Tuesday, and hopefully the bands. And then he put dot, dot, dot. Hedman just had a wicked defensive play on Radulov. That's what you get for leaving Montreal, you loser. By the way, shout out to Sergachev not getting the cup winner unless he gets it now. Anyways, I don't know if my bands will be looser. I can't even open my mouth an inch right wide right now. So hopefully I'm back for free agency. Anyway, bye-bye. Oh, by the way, the <laughs> Petrie and Evans deal are great, and if you don't agree, you're worse than Corey Perry. He then added a few, like an hour or so later, P.S. listeners, God God damn it, go home, Corey. I strongly dislike you. Daniel can go away. Mm. That's what he said. Adam's opinions, not ours. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We love Taylor Sagan, and we are very neutral about Alex Radulov. It doesn't affect me. But we love Corey Perry. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay, what did he send you? He sent me a pretty short one. He said, hey, just letting you know, man, that only Pacioretty has more game-winning goals than Petrie since Jeff joined the team, according to Mark uh, Anton Godin. Okay. And he said, hey, bring this up on the show and sound smart. <laughs> Well, right, you know well, what? You sound smart, okay? Yeah. Thank you, Adam, for your contributions to the show today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't found out, um, Jeff Petrie has re-signed with the, with the Montreal Canadiens. Four years, uh, 6.25 uh, million AAV. I mean, Adam wrote in our document, so much to like about this deal, and I desperately wish my jaw would allow me to come on and talk about this. I I do I like this deal, uh, Daniel. It's only seven hundred fifty. It's a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar raise. Uh, he will start. He is right now. He's thirty two. It'll start when he's thirty three or thirty four around then. Nope, thirty three. Um, so what? It take it'll take him to his thirty until he's about thirty seven years old. That is a bit worrying, but based on the way he's playing, I couldn't complain. I, I I'm not going to complain much. I think uh, if you life. asked me about this extension, maybe the first time we met Adam, <laughs> just put that what like two years ago. Okay, I would say horrible deal. Trade this guy at the deadline or something. Get assets back. Well, but... that's what I've been saying for the last three or four months yeah but now you know what's like a year because i forgot how long it's been yeah but i kind of felt that 
with what Montreal's trying to build here, if they're really serious about keep of adding these guys and developing the prospects they have, then maybe they think that there's something there that they could they could cultivate that you know they could actually become a competent team that will always compete for a playoff spot like every season now. I think that now they're realizing the age of a lot of their core guys. Um, I guess how rapid a lot of their prospects have been coming up. That's a Jake Evans, but at the same time, like, you know, we, I really believe in Nick Suzuki. Um, and this is, I think, a deal that's going to keep, keep a core veteran in Jeff Petrie on that lineup, a guy who's been a consistent person. That I really didn't think when the Oilers traded him for a second and like a conditional third that he was going to be this good for Montreal. Yeah. And a fun fact that second round pick. I forgot who it was, but it was traded in a package for the Rangers for Cam Talbot. No way. Yes. Sorry, someone's outside. Oh, it's just my mom. Never mind. I'm so sorry. I saw someone outside. I'm like, who the hell is outside right now? Um, Sorry about that, guys. Um, Yeah, I I, I definitely, um, I, I definitely agree with that. Like, I do, I do like this deal. When I talked, when I was texting Adam about it. He, he liked the deal as well. He, I don't think for me, I still feel like it's a bit of a, the term is still a tad of a concern, especially for his age. But for this team, I just think it's really important to have a guy like, like Jeff Petrie on it. And at the end of the day, there's not much for me to complain about. I think Mark Bergeron is using his cap space somewhat wisely which is a good thing mm-hmm. um and if i'm being honest i think it really changed what i saw in the playoffs and the qualifying round really changed what i thought of montreal especially when they're healthy that maybe like i knew they were a team that could be a pain in pain in the ass because obviously you have carrie price and even a decent team in front of Carey Price. Carey Price is going to be a problem. But the way they played, it it it, it just it felt like the the thing that was holding them back was their special teams, and maybe keeping Jeff Petrie was the right decision. Now we're still looking at ahead to the future in Thomas Tatar. I don't necessarily think. Listen, like you got guys, Adam. And I have talked like about Mike Hoffman bringing Mike Hoffman in, but you look at guys who you event you're eventually going to have to bring in, and the the name that really stands out is Cole Caulfield, and where are you going to slot him in? If obviously maybe not next year, but the year after that, is it worth it to keep Tatar? Do you bring Mike Hoffman in and then trade Tatar? What what do you? you he has Mark Ber- listen, Mark Bergman isn't done making moves. I don't think he's done. I think he no. has lots to still to do. Yeah, I kind of feel that Tom Sattar's been come you know, he's really rejuvenated his career with the Canadians. And I think on that end, if he's thinks about in that situation that maybe he takes a hometown discount. But I I I don't know if they really feel that Cole Caulfield is going to kind of step in, you know, make that NCAA to NHL transition seamlessly. And, you know, 
Thomas Attar maybe still putting up points up until the deadline. I could see him being an asset being moved out. If yeah. they think about, you know, they've already added someone like Mike Hoffman or they, they're pretty serious about making moves, making significant moves that will contribute to the core that will, you know, kind of in a way extend that those prime years of Weber and price in a winning environment. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I, I agree with that. Agree with that as well. Now, something uh, that's come out, I think we it came out sometime before last show, but we had missed it. Uh, Friedman was on the Russo hockey show and had said that Montreal had looked at anti Ranta and Devin Dubnik before acquiring Jake Allen. Now, obviously, to get Jake Allen, they gave up a fourth and like a seventh. So it didn't really seem like much for them. Do you think that the Canadians made the right decision in bringing in Jake Allen? And just for some context, all three guys are are have one year left on their deal. I think so. I think in a lot of number of ways, he was more of the controlled asset. Um, we already heard so many things about his locker room presence with the Blues that he's like a great teammate. He was he became like a pseudo mentor to Jordan Bimington even when he when Allen lost that starting position. Yeah. Um he goes back into an area of Quebec where he's excelled in his junior years that he knows the area really well. And one thing too, he's when I think about him at Anti Ronda, like Jake Allen has stayed healthy. That's true. He's a guy that He's he'd be relied on, you know, like Harry Price, as much as he's been dominant this year, you know, he has had injury history. And, you know, you look back on the number of games the Canadians have thrust him into that I I trust Jake out. I trust that he's gonna be a guy that when he's called upon, he could play those games. He could maybe play like two games in a row. He could be someone that will really take the pressure off of Carey Price. And for what they kind of gave up for him, I think that was more than okay. That was, I think, that was a perfect trade for the Canadians. Yeah, I, I agree with that too. I think some of the some of the conversation around Jake Allen has been, you know, before Jordan Bennington came in, it seemed like the year, like that year, Jake Allen had struggled, and even the year before that, he was struggling. What what does Jake Allen look like next year? And I, that's what the, it seems the conversation has been surrounding. But, like, let's remember that like Jake Allen's not going to play 40, 45 games. Like, he's going to play, play – I'll say 30. Like, yeah, like 25 to 30 games probably somewhere in that region to give time for Carey Price to actually rest. So, from that standpoint, I'm like, man, I think Jake Allen was the right move. Like, I think you gave up minimal assets. The you, I think – you'd have to give up more for anti-ranta maybe or something did i say darcy kemper before or did i, I say devin so. dubnik you i said devin dubnik perfect devin du- i wrote darcy kemper in the document even though that's not true the canadians uh, had devin dubnik before i remember that did they yeah but they like, no. traded him for like nothing <laughs> Okay, well, I meant if I said Darcy Kemper, I meant Devin Dubnik. Uh, okay. I, I could imagine they could 
they'd pro- they'd have to pay a little bit more for Devin Dubnik as well. Not that much more. Higher but cap I, hit. Yeah, but at the end of the day, I do think I, I, I think Jake Allen was the right fit as well. I'm just thinking if Devin Dubnik left, so like what Alex Stalock is going to be their starter. I mean, that's what they were moving towards this year, right? I remember he was on the Leafs. He was a Marley. Because he was from the uh, the James Reimer trade. I remember that. He didn't even play. I think they sent him home. Yeah, and then he... I felt so bad. I know. And then I think there was like an athletic article about that where he was shocked that yeah. they didn't let him play. And then, again, a Lou Lamorello move. And, well, I'm uh, trying to think who they yeah. had. They had Garrett Sparks and I think it might have been Antoine Bibeau. Yeah. At the time. Um, God, I don't want to remember that. <laughs> That's depressing. That's depressing. Um, we let's move on. We said we we're gonna save the best for last. We're finally at the last thing we gotta talk about: the Stanley Cup Final. Scory Perry, he's back. He's alive and well. Mm-hmm. I had uh, flashbacks of the Mighty Ducks drafting him. I don't know yeah, why. I don't know if yeah. you had that same feeling too, or no, I didn't. Yeah. But you, did. the Green Ranger, not Danny Green, Green but Corey Perry. <laughs> I saw that last night. I like, <laughs> what did it go? What did I miss on Twitter? <laughs> I saw because I saw you tagged me something and then Mike responded no. I'm just like, what? no. What's going on here? Um, At least he responded. So he doesn't really respond all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess to keep people up to date here, if it, it's at the time of recording, I don't know, depending on when people listen, mm-hmm. uh, the Lightning are still up three to two in the series. They played. They just finished their back to back. The Stars beat. The Lightning three to two in double overtime. We all stayed up. God, I, I don't know why I stayed up. I, <laughs> okay, other than listen, I think you look at the Dallas Stars. Joe Pavelski and Corey Perry have scored the last six goals. The 2003 draft have been helping the Holy, Stars stay alive. Oh my God, I think I might change my cons my vote. Yeah, from. I think I picked Miro Heiskanen. Mm-hmm. I think Joe Pavelski is making a pretty damn good argument for himself. Like I, I know Corey Perry. No, uh, no, no. <laughs> uh, I believe like the Joe Pavelski. I think had a bit of a slowish start in the playoffs, but I think he's really, I think he's really proven himself. Again, like, poster boy for the Stars season. I think slow start and great end. Like yeah, it's just those kind pretty of guys. Where, yeah, pretty much. They're like these guys have paid the big money, and you know they didn't really show up until the playoffs. Where they said it was the end of uh, what do they call him, Captain America? Yeah, like, remember he was putting up those seventy point seasons with the Sharks, and then he suddenly comes to the Stars and what hit forty six yeah. points. I'll, I will double check that. But wh- tell me, why does why should Corey Perry get the Ilya Kovalchuk contract? I think, I don't know, with Corey Perry, it's just, I kind of felt that, like, I don't know, he was a guy that, not uh, saying, you know, yeah. one person maybe on this show, I don't know, kind of doubted him saying that, you know, the scoring days are over. Um, you know, some even questioned why I like the guy. <laughs> I may but, you know, questioned. If, if he's a duck, he's forever a duck. Um, he's a guy, you know, he was one of my favorite players growing yeah. up, and to kind of just see him rejuvenate his career. Like I really thought when the ducks bought him out last year, I thought that was the end because the injuries were 
were mounting for him that so did I. He wasn't going to be able to kind of contribute the same way. And I know it was a business perspective. He's so well loved with the Ducks, but it's just a guy that is proving even in these huge games that he still can contribute. He's a guy that shows that you know he has that experience that even on a team that many felt that they they didn't have the offensive output. They didn't have that much talent to kind of match up with the Lightning. He's a guy that went out there and he scored two goals. Like he scored the game winner. Uh, Pavelski had 31 points in 67 games this year. Wow, I was too optimistic with that. I said 42. If, yeah. <laughs> if Pavelski <laughs> scores one more goal in the playoffs, he would have the same amount of goals in 27 games that he did in 67. Makes it a lot more impressive now for yeah. what they've been able to kind of show for yeah. this whole playoff run. For sure. So, but you know who's been playing with Corey Perry recently? Tyler Sagan. Mm-hmm. Now, he hasn't showed up in goals. No. Um, and I know that's probably what he's paid to do. Most guys are paid to score goals, actually. Um, he has two goals and 11 assists. Okay. <laughs> Which is all right. Like, I don't think he's been invisible. I think they have to play him, though, anyways. Like, Rupe Hins is out. They have to yeah, stretch of out course, the Ben, of course, of the course. ben like, and Sagan thing. Yeah. I don't think they're, I don't think it's to the point where you don't play him. I just. Not unlucky is not the word I would use. I'm using with Tyler Sagan. That's the wrong word. He hasn't been invisible because he's been making some decent. Like I, I notice him on the ice. It's just he's not putting the puck in the back of the net. Yeah, that's what. That's what. That's what's getting on my nerves. Yeah, just he's the kind of guy too. Like it's such an. This is such an odd stars team where. They don't need the big money guys to kind of contribute all the time, let yeah. it, like except for Joe Pavelski. But it's it's like it's like it's such a weird thing. Like they shouldn't like people like the way they did. They shouldn't be where they are, but they are. Yeah, I'm also pretty sure that um, Tyler Sagan is injured or something. Something's, something's wrong. Up, I, a, a lot of people have been talking about that. And the more I watch him, it just it, that's what the seems, strides have been a bit slow. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what it seems like uh, to me that something's up with Tyler Sagan. I would be surprised if even if they lose if they lose the finals or win whatever the case may be that he's gonna they're gonna come out and say he was he's been I- injured with whatever. I, yeah. Or, with, oh, sorry. Something. No, what were you gonna say? Oh, I'm just saying, probably bad idea to have a back to back. Oh, it's a bad idea to have yeah. a back to back in the playoffs, regardless of injury, whatever the case may be. I just, I, I think we talked about the back to back. I really just think they did it because they didn't want to face Sunday night football. Um, and you know what? The bet. I, I don't know much about football, so I, I've been listening to some podcast. Like they were talking about. It was about an NHL podcast. Uh, Live Laugh Leafs, uh, Yahoo Sports, and apparently Monday night is a really big matchup: Chiefs versus Ravens. Um, two contenders. Two contenders. Apparently, it's going to be a very watched game. 
and it just happens to start at the same time as the Stanley Cup final. They couldn't avoid it. Unless they extended it to Tuesday no, or something. No, they, they could have avoided it. It's just putting space in between games. That's how we avoid it. Like, I don't know. Whatever. Like, I just maybe I'm being petty and I understand the guys want to get out of the bubble, but they've been, I don't know. I just don't see it. I don't think it's necessary to have a back to back in the Stanley cup final. I didn't think either. Um, I think they just want to finish it quickly. I feel like, because like free agency draft, all I guess, but what your extent, we're extending it to extra days. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's an odd thing, odd thing to do, and I think there was other ways of handling the TV, handling the TV schedule, than having a back-to-back mm-hmm. at that point. Um, since the last time we p- talked, or the last time we recorded a podcast, Steven Stamkos played one game, played two and a half minutes, and scored one goal. Fantasy points for this guy, okay? I'm just pointing that out. <laughs> And now he's out again. Kind of annoying, but at least they got a point out of him. Get it? Point? Brady point? point. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, puts up the points. <laughs> <laughs> what did Adam say? Oh, because his name is Point. point. I so love that, uh, oh, man, that edit. So good. Because <laughs> his name is Point. Get yeah. it? Uh, yeah. Adam's last episode for a while. Oh, that's a- we could reminisce. Yeah. What what did you think of like Stamkos coming back and what what do you think what type of effect do you think it had on the team for that game and and in the games five and then six and potentially seven? I think he rallied the team pretty well, kinda of showed that he was ready to go. Like it's just from a personal man, like personal perspective, like if I was Steven Stamkos, like you wanna play this game. Like you waited five years to get back here. I think Victor yeah. Hedman commented on that too, where he talked about, you know, with that core they still have, like, you know, so they still have a lot of those guys from that run where you get there, you lose to the experienced Blackhawks team, and then you have to wait to get back to where you want it to be. And like Samkos was dominant that year. And to see him kind of struggle, like he played a couple of shifts and then, you know, he's out of the game again. Um, I, I feel for the guy. I feel like it's a guy that it's it's weird. It's like it's a guy you want to see in the finals because not because you just like him on a personal standpoint, but like he is. I still think he's still a superstar in the league. Yeah, it's just he I can't stay healthy. I think we're ta- having a very different conversation about Steven Stamkos if he if he's if he does if he didn't get injured. I know that's such a poor argument to make, but I think the way he's performed while he's played. Has really, I I think it warrants that type of conversation. Um, I would say, man, imagine the fans um, when Steven Stamco scored. Oh yeah. But then I then, <laughs> I went nuts like, as I thought about it. I'm thinking about it, and then I got I I don't remember if it was on TV or if I checked Twitter. There are fans in Florida in the Tampa Bay arena. <laughs> So I didn't have to imagine. I just had to turn on it's Twitter. True. So I don't. I didn't know. I didn't know they had stadiums open. Yeah, they like everyone's wearing a mask. I think the restrictions are different there. Oh, I don't know. But, you know, we're in Canada. Oh, up in Canada. Yeah. Oh, we're having. We have our own issues. Yeah. 
similar ones, but well, it's a long story. We'll um, pull through. God, I hope so. He's not uh, getting traded, though. So we're not. We're not calling that. No, can we stop talking? Getting traded? No, we're not yeah. talking about Steven Stamkos getting traded. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, Bill Guerin has gone on a call about Steven Stamkos for Matt Dumba. Maybe we don't. Know. No, no, I don't think that. <laughs> Bill Guerin got a call about that and said no. He should like. Not he shouldn't be fired, but he should be heavily criticized. You ever those things like those NHL way. games where they reject your trade, but they give you a counter offer? Do they do that? I feel like I never get. A or I think offer. it was mostly in two K NBA two K, but I don't like. Yeah, the, yeah, it's in two. I just kind of felt like it'd be like a situation where like it's like Steven Stamkos from Matt Dumba, and then they're like we have a we have a counter offer. You'd think about it, like Alex Kalorn, Matt Dumba, and Matt Dumba, and three first round picks for Steven Stamkos. That's what the uh, <laughs> that's what the counter <laughs> offer would be. Yeah, man, EA NHL games are so behind. I know, Whatever. or like gotta add in Luke Cunning or something. I don't know. <sighs> okay, let's let before we go, let's talk about like what what do you expect f- from Game Six? Now, it's just over twenty four hours away at this point. Um, Dallas seem to have. I don't think they have momentum because Tampa were like. Let's be honest, Tampa dominated Game Five. Yeah, they should have won. The cup should be should have been handed out should have been handed out right now. What what do you expect from both teams next game? I think Lightning I think it was just a chance thing that they they were playing their game so well. Yeah. That they should have won. But I think what Dallas is kind of like they held they held them off, but you can't keep doing that. You know what I mean? They eventually you're gonna have to bit be a lot tighter defensively. Um I remember looking last night like the shifts like man like the amount, like the number of shifts, like these guys were taking, like Essa Lindell or like John Klingberg, like they really need to space that out. Yeah, like they. Why was playing... Jamie? Why was Jamie Alexiak in like top five for both teams over the last two games? Yeah, it's just it. That's kind of just one one thing too. I kind of feel like they have the depth to kind of spread that out. It's just, you know, they have to try to find a way to like to not just hold the fort and expect like these bounces to come in because like. That court, those Curry Perry goals have were really lucky. Yeah, yeah, they they, they were definitely, uh, definitely lucky. And I think if Tampa plays their game like they've been playing since Game Two, obviously Game One was a bit iffy from them. But from Game Two to Game Five, if they play like that, I I think they win. They win next game. Yeah. Now my question for you is. If Dallas wins game six, hypothetically, do you think that changes the, not the mindset, you think that changes the mood in the room of Tampa Bay in, you know, if you don't win game six and Dallas wins, that I think at that point it gives Dallas some type of momentum rolling into what would be Wednesday, that would be a game seven. I think it rattles them. You think it rattles them, and if Dal- and if Tampa doesn't win Game Six, then it's Dallas's series. I think it's going to rattle them in a way that what we've seen Tampa have is they've thrown the kitchen sink at this. Yeah, <laughs> they've literally thrown everything they can. Like they have the goaltending, they have the defense, they have the depth. They have they have the depth. They have yeah. the offense that's getting more than forty shots every game. Yeah, that now it's all about 
how are we going to pick our shots? And I don't think they should get into that mentality. I think that they're playing the game so well. It's just when they have those opportunities and they've had so many of those opportunities, like you really just need to connect because like the amount of shots they had on Anton Hudobin was pretty insane. Or for, I think, what was it for more than half of the first overtime, the stars, didn't have a shot. They had one shot in the first overtime. Yeah. One shot. So you had the time to, to close this out. Yeah, I I agree. I think I think it becomes dangerous for the Lightning if if Dallas wins next game. Yeah, I think so too. Because Dallas has that momentum. Tampa don't seem hadn't cracked Hudobin. I just think it becomes a little more dangerous for Tampa, and I think they they should. I think they will close it out in game six. You you said it perfectly. Like the, the, a lot of what Dallas was getting was pure luck and, and how, how lucky will they get will be going into game six. That's got to run out at some point. Mm-hmm. Right. So we will, we'll see at that. Is there anything else you want to say about the finals before we end the show? It's been fun. Um, has it been, wait, wait, has it been fun to watch? Tampa Bay, right? It's not been fun to watch Dallas. And it's had its glimpses. You know, their goals last night were God. fun for me, but I you guess, know, not, yeah. not the whole, not, yeah. So, bounces out a bit. I don't like that my uh, cons, my uh, choice is not playing right now, Luke Shed, but, you know, that's okay. I'm still going for him for the trophy. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> or Carter Verhehe, Leafs, Leafs prospect, Carter Verhehe. <laughs> Stop reminding me. I know. I know what happened. Um, I don't have anything else to say. So, Dan, would you like to uh, end the show for us? Yeah. Well, Alex, this has been fun. Daniel. Um, I like that, you know, we included the necessary Habs uh, news that we really needed to, you know, flesh out. I like that, you know, from an unnamed source, we were given a lot of notes on it. So, yes, that's great. Um, thank you to our listeners. Um, yeah. If you guys like this episode, please give us a like, a subscribe, a five stars. Even if you don't give us five stars, let us know why we did something wrong. Exactly. Comment. If you'd love something that we'd like to add to the show, we are always open to new ideas. Thank you to Voice Ed for giving us a platform. And be sure to check Alex, myself, um, and Adam on our social media, on Instagram, Twitter. And you know, check our Facebook pages as well. We're, yeah. we're everywhere now. And YouTube. And YouTube, yes. We didn't do a YouTube reference today. We forgot, but that's okay. Oh, here, one reference I have. So when Alex was saying what Adam sent him, he said, I'm saying this for Adam, not for myself. So if you want to see the face of Alex (laughs) saying for Adam, please check the YouTube channel. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Thanks to our listeners. We love you guys. Okay, see you guys.